Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. America's Voice of Reason. Boyd Matheson on Utah's home for elevated conversation. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine almost one year ago, thousands have fled Ukraine, many of whom have come to Utah. Utahns have supported refugees here at home in the state and also sent packages and aid overseas. There's one man who's played a key role in all of this, the Honorary Consul of Ukraine. Who is he? What's his role? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as always, we want to go beyond the headlines, obviously, as we come up upon the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine's sovereignty and an assault on their freedom. And uh, we want to go to uh, the ultimate insight source here in the state of Utah. Jonathan Friedman is the Honorary Consul of Ukraine, based here in Utah. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. It's great to be with you. Uh, so give us a little bit of perspective in terms of this role of Honorary Consul of Ukraine. Uh, what is the, that purpose? How does that structure work? Uh, give us some sense of that. Sure. So for the last 15 years, I've run the consulate, the Ukrainian consulate office here in Utah. Um, in 2007, the, the Ukrainian ambassador to the United States, uh, Oleg Shamshor at the time, uh, traveled to Utah and asked me to serve in this capacity, and we opened up the consulate office. My role as Honorary Consul of Ukraine here is kind of threefold. Uh, my mission is to support Ukrainian nationals that live within our state and often surrounding states, honestly. Uh, it's to foster uh, economic development between Ukraine and Utah and to, um, uh, and to sponsor cultural events promote uh, the culture of Ukraine here. This is a this is a post um, with the foreign ministry of Ukraine. It's not a it's not a Utah post, but I'm stationed here in Utah. Uh, that's uh, that's great. And, and I know in your role there, you've uh, helped to host and, and bring many important people from Ukraine here to meet with governors and, and other local officials. Uh, give us some sense of that. Yes, that's true. Um, every amb- every Ukrainian ambassador uh, that served that's run the embassy in Washington D.C. Uh, since 2007 has visited Ukraine, or sorry, has visited Utah, and have met with all of our standing governors. Our current governor, Governor Cox, is, and his and the first lady, Abby Cox, have just both been outstanding in their support for Ukraine. As have many, uh, I mean, countless Utahns and um, and NGOs here in the state. Yeah, and so as you as you look at that, give us some sense from your unique perspective there in terms of uh, those refugees that have come here to the state, uh, kind of the the group of Ukrainians that have settled here in the state of Utah, and uh, what that looks like. Well, we have we have had well, I guess prior to uh, you know up until about a year from now when Russia invaded most recently into Ukraine. We've had about 1,500 Ukrainian nationals in Utah. That has more than doubled in the last 12 months as we've 
welcomed with open arms Ukrainian refugees to our state. Utah is uniquely situated to um, to accommodate refugees. We do it all the time. And and I know, as you know, and, and your uh, your listeners know that Utah was founded uh, by religious refugees. It's, it's in our DNA to help these people that are in so de- such desperate need. Yeah, and yeah, you mentioned this latest incursion by Russia uh, because obviously we go one year back, but then we really have to go back even further as it relates to Crimea in particular. Uh, so, as as you have an opportunity to to communicate uh, with Ukrainians both here uh, in the United States, here in the state of Utah, and those that are still in Ukraine, uh, give us a sense of how they're feeling. Uh, what are the frustrations? What are their hopes? Uh, what do things look like for them? Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Well, many Ukrainians here in Utah that I work with every day are terrified for family members that remain in Ukraine. Uh, You know, families have been torn apart. I mean, just consider the trauma aside from the tens of thousands of casualties. um, Just consider the trauma of millions of uh, uh, family members that have been separated, as you may know, um, under martial law, which is uh, in, in happening in Ukraine now, the men ages 18 to 60 are, are required to stay and fight. Um, and women and children often flee for safety, leaving the country, at least being displaced, many millions displaced within Ukraine. Uh, but as you know, millions have fled and are uh, displaced around the world. Um, it, it, it takes a terrible toll. It's been incredibly traumatic for are Ukrainians here in Utah, but we're just so grateful for so many sponsors that have that have opened their homes uh, to Ukrainian refugees that have come here. Um, there's a program that the that the government, that the federal government, has set up called Uniting for Ukraine, and that allows for Ukrainian refugees to um, apply for um, humanitarian parole. It's called. It's a two-year um, you know, refugee status, uh, and uh, that you know may be extended if this war is extended, uh, but and that could be a blanket extension. But right now, those that are coming here are permitted to be here for two years, and that's an important one. And uh, it's one that I hope uh, gets addressed quickly because often in these situations we end up creating so much uncertainty uh, if they don't know if that two years is going to be extended or if it's going to be a uh, another temporary a few months or if they give them a year or uh, just that uncertainty I think is so stressful uh, and so frustrating. And before we let you go, uh, what's one thing that's really under the radar from your perspective? What's an area of this conflict, the impact of this, not just in Ukraine, but around the world? What's the one thing you wish everybody was talking about a little bit more as it relates to Ukraine? Well, gosh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I think that I think that Vladimir Putin has made a 
serious mistake in in this most recent invasion, as you noted, it goes back to 2014 when they seized the Korean Peninsula. But um, but I think he has really underestimated the resolve of not only Ukrainians, which are fighting tooth and nail for their own freedom in every inch of their land, but the world that is galvanized around the country of Ukraine. The international support has been phenomenal, uh, and it needs to continue. And, and I, I encourage everyone to contact their um, representatives to continue support for Ukraine. This is, uh, it, it begins with Ukraine, but it, you know, it, it, it goes far beyond this problem and this threat from Moscow goes far beyond, you know, the, the boundaries of Ukraine. Uh, and so it's very important that we keep the pressure on. And, and how inspiring has it been for all of us to watch Ukraine defeat this, you know, uh, I mean, defeat, you know, defeat Russia in so many ways. They are way outmatched uh, and, and, and in every way the underdog. Yeah. But they have been victorious time and time again. And yeah. they will win this war yeah. with international support. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many things we've been talking a lot this week, excuse me, about the uh, idea that we've got to start not just in terms of the arms and the war, but the rebuilding is so important. You've got 8 million refugees, 5.4 million displaced inside the country. You've got uh, the size, four times the size of Switzerland that has mines uh, from Russia planted in their infrastructure. Uh, So this is a a long haul commitment uh, to freedom. And the Ukrainian people are showing us Uh, how you actually go about that. Jonathan Friedman, Honorary Consul of Ukraine, based here in the state of Utah. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And please join us at the Capitol this Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. for a a rally that we're holding, 365 Days of Defending Freedom. We have the Ukrainian diaspora, Friends of Ukraine, and all those that oppose this war are gathering this Saturday, the 25th, from 1 to 3 p.m. All right. Be there on Saturday, the 25th, in support of Ukraine. We'll be right back. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.